podcast number 22. So, very famous hockey player played for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, war number 22. So, you'll have to think about that. But today's show, we have uh, Councillor Bob Matice is here and Kevin Nagoya. And Bob, welcome to podcast number 22. Do you know who wore number 22 for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Bob? Would perhaps he have gotten 10 points in a hockey game? Set the NHL record for points in a game? Daryl Settler? No. No, Daryl Settler was 27. Oh. He liked to fight, and he rode his hockey stick. Oh, from Swift Current, Weyburn, Saskatchewan, Dave Tiger Williams. There you go. Ah, Good. Oh, this Good. is just too much. You. Oh, my goodness. I have hey, to look admit. at the, the hair is really starting to show out on you two here. Yeah, we got both got good hair. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the hair comes from your father, uh, no, from your mother's bloodlines. Did you know that, Bob? I did actually yeah. know that, yeah. And uh, Did you, you notice the mayor's uh, picture in the council chambers versus now in that hair, right? Like, you know, look at, look at the whiteness. Cause wow. Ray is just he's, coming right through. Uh, he's got, be- that's beautiful hockey hair that he has in that picture. <laughs> in that picture? On the wall. And I actually. Yeah, but if you go a few years back, it's like a big poof. Like, it's like, like, yeah. like this big. You no, know, Bob saw me back when I was a young man. Yeah, I did. Him. Hockey hair. Great mullet. So, <laughs> and, uh. I ran for council on the premise, second best hair on council. That's right. Yeah, you, I remember you saying that. Thanks for him. But hey, welcome uh, to the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna sort of get just like we did with Councillor uh, Bill. There is uh, talk about you know, give us a little bit of background about you and uh, where you where you're born and um, your kindergarten class. No, but uh, you know, just kick it off and then uh, tell everybody about yourself and then you know why you went got into council, why okay. you went to run. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Thanks for having me here today. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, yeah, so um, born in Saskatchewan, I am uh, classified myself as an economic refugee from Saskatchewan when I came over to Alberta in 1981. And it took about 25 years till the, uh, the red regime caught me, and, but that's changed. So I um, lived in Coal Lake for 34 years um, with um, buying a business, uh, 34, came here in 1988. Thank you. Thank you for doing the math for me. Yeah, no, it's uh, my pleasure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, moved here in 1988. I uh, have to give my brother Ron credit for that. There was a pharmacy for sale. I'm a, a pharmacist, one of my three jobs, and uh, pharmacy for sale. And Ron was a little bit too young to pull a trigger on it. And uh, he, he knew I was looking for a store. And the, the funny story about Ron being a pharmacist, when I asked him, I'm a pharmacist. What made you go through? He just looked me dead in the eye and he said, because you got through. Nice. And that's all he said. So You must have age? been just using your textbooks or something to save some money. I did have a lot of the important passages <laughs> underlined. Yeah. How, how much uh, age difference between the two years? There is six years. Oh, wow. This, so, yeah. Yeah. And he is a good pharmacist. I would never say this to his face, and he's not here to see it. So he is a good pharmacist, too. He might listen. Yeah. He never listens to me, so. But uh, yeah, so we lived in Coal Lake, uh, 34 years, raised our three kids. Uh, no, unfortunately, they don't live in Coal Lake anymore, but they love coming home and uh, proponent of the public school systems in Coal Lake. Beautiful. I love living in Coal Lake. I just truly love Coal Lake. And that was one of the reasons that I ran for council. I always wanted to be a counselor. Like seriously, I looked at uh, p- uh, people in the past, uh, previous mayors and council, uh, our current mayor, and I thought, I, I want to do that job. I want to be a counselor to help out and continue on the good work that the city has done. Um, you know, for Cole Lake, from where we've been, where we've come, what we've went through, I always wanted to be a counselor. And two years ago, um, Ron and I sold our businesses, and that gave me the opportunity. I thought I can just gear down a little bit um, and work 
a little. I still work as a pharmacist, but I also uh, can can be a counselor too as well. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. I I just truly love the stuff that we're doing as a council. And people ask me, "What do you think of council? What's your council?" What is your council like? I love our council. I say I absolutely love it because we're a really nice, diverse bunch of people. We we have a great time at council. We we have good staff that uh, that work with us. So we are really uh, we're really blessed, eh? and I just I just enjoy it, and that's it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah, I totally agree. With that. And you know, I think you know, looking back now, you said that. You know, I think all the councils that I've been on are pretty much diverse background. Nobody's kind of the same. Same, you know, very diverse. And our council is very diverse. I remember way back, maybe about four or five years ago, you always told me you wanted to run for council, but it just wasn't right. And then uh, this past election, uh, it was time. Yeah, no, it it worked well. And I always felt maybe, if anything, this is there would have been maybe a lack of business people on council. And that only stems because some of the, there used to be council meetings during the day hundred years ago so it's tough to get away from work and that's the thing when you own your own business it's really tough to say okay I gotta run to a council meeting and and leave people um, you know not there's no prescriptions to because there's no pharmacists so um, but yeah that, this has worked out perfect for me and I, I just truly enjoy coming to council and being part of what we're doing here and and working with the staff and and the mayor and the administration and everything and the city all the different groups of the city it's so fun so now that you're on council, uh, um, is there things that uh, you didn't realize when you first came in that the city's involved in and not involved in, and you're going, holy crap, I didn't do, I didn't realize that. That has, you know, that's been feedback sometimes from some councillors, but uh, uh, it depends on what their background is and what, right? So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, that's been an eye opener. Some of the things that uh, you kind of think about it, you go, well, that doesn't make sense. And then when it's explained, I, I kind of do the ready, fire, aim thing when I'm talking. So I <laughs> think thinking is an afterthought. So yeah, there is some stuff you go, okay, now that makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah, there's like, a lot of conversations always happening, right? And the public don't necessarily, they hear bits and pieces, so they don't necessarily hear the whole conversation that has occurred over a length of time before a decision's made, so. Yeah. You're an expert on, on how the product, when you flush your toilet, how it all works through the city system. I, you know, when you run for council, it's not really what you think you're going to be learning, but right in the beginning when you do the training, you learn that uh, everything in regards to the city and that, what, about a month of... Uh, book reading and uh, and you're a pro at reading uh, that kind of documents. I love reading. I just always thought of Building 9 was a building named after Gordie Howe because yeah. I'm a Red Wings fan, <laughs> so but I learned it's yeah, something different, so. Yeah, the most and, and Gordie was a great hockey Stinks. player. Yeah. Stinky subject. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. The uh, you know, the jump jumping right into some of the council and and money and all that. Uh, we just did the uh, the MCC, uh, the Municipal Control Corporation, op- uh, public hearing, and money was an ob- uh, was thrown at us as you know why did we spend you know money to to purchase a clinic, uh, you know why we did that. But on council, you l- you have to have, be open to everything, and uh, your thoughts on um, you know putting up what, what one point nine million uh, money was in uh, unrestricted surplus, um, and you know you you were a supporter of the MCC. Your thoughts on that question that we had in the public hearing? I enjoyed 
listening to the uh, the questions and, and such from the public hearing and also the explanations that were given and especially the thinking out of the box because having been having been here for 34 years I know I was on the first board of health hearts for healthcare um, I, I kind of know the history of a lot of this stuff and I kind of surprised Kevin every once in a while with some like you know minute little fact about things but uh, it was it was very well like it's time to think outside the box and we have a council that can bring this to market like there is uh, there's people with the expertise and in in its time to uh, make a bold move forward so I'm I was comfortable the questions were fair um, some of us didn't know where Rat Lake was but that was new to me new. <laughs> I thought that was like a condescending joke to, about Cold Lake and I, uh, so I, I like okay um, but Rat Lake is actually a thing. That's, yeah, it's an area of the, of the uh, Municipal District of Bonneville. It wow. is. Used to be a school there, right? So, yeah. Yep. I mean, back in the day, I mean, all these little communities were established, uh, you know, and then, of course, of the, the, the people that have been like the Deerys have been here for a long time. I think that's, you know, they're pretty proud of the Rat Lake. And, I, you know, maybe that's the next up-and-coming Ardmore Fort Kent could be Rat, Rat Lake. Mm-hmm. I think they should be pushing that to their council, the MD council, and saying, Faber Urban Center down there. We want to be the, the next, uh, you know, Cherry Grove. Get 100% of what you don't ask for, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There we go. But, but it, was, it was interesting. We did have a number of uh, MD of Bonneville uh, residents attend the city council meeting and, uh, and participate in the uh, city of Cold Lake's uh, public hearing. Um, you know, normally probably more for the residents, but uh, I think uh, of Cold Lake. But uh, it was good to see that the MD of Bonneville residents were passionate about the subject and uh, they came forward to have a conversation and even raised that, uh, uh, I think a, a, uh, one of them actually raised a question, is, is the MD of Bonneville involved and is their council involved and, and uh, how is that going to move forward with uh, regional participation and cooperation on that front? Yeah, no, it was beautiful. The answer to that question uh, was really well handled and it, it, it led us to an opportunity perhaps. Yeah, so. yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I mean, you're in the business of uh, servicing uh, people from all over. I mean, the MD of Bonneville is intertwined with City of Cold Lake residents. I mean, we're all, we're all together and uh, it's the only borders really are these so-called municipal boundaries, but uh, otherwise everything's really fluid. I was out at the ski hill uh, last weekend, uh, beautiful Kinnisu Ridge that the MD of Bonneville uh, runs and uh, we had skiers from all of Alberta. And then MD of Bonneville residents come into the city of Cold Lake for buy their 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 drugs, their prescription drugs at pharmacies, and see the doctors. So we're all in this together. Uh, very much so. Yeah, it's it's just such a, a diverse area of different people, and uh, the ski hills a gem. What do people say when they come up to Cold Lake for the first time? They go, "I never knew how nice it was here," and we could have told you that but come up and spend some money and stay and see and the base the base is so fun you look up you see the jets flying and it's such a diverse community i just truly yeah. enjoy it so so that was this last weekend there was an f-18 flyover that uh, occurred, the, the, right? the flyover didn't happen because oh. of uh uh technical issues on the on the wing oh so uh they couldn't do the flyover i know the kids oh. were late looking forward to it they had everybody re- ready but uh but no it was it was a good event um and then of course it was really interesting from the hill you could see all the people ice fishing, and then, uh, and then an animal went right across the uh, the ice, and people were going like, "What the heck is that?" And I said, "Oh, that that looks like a coyote running running on the ice there." 
But uh, and snow now snow fever's coming up in a few weeks. Family Day long weekend. Yeah, that's a big. I mean that that is going to be a crazy weekend here. You got the Ronald McDonald Hockey Tournament yeah. uh, all over in the Lakeland, and then you've got the big fishing tournament that Ice Age Friendly is putting on. Yeah. Uh, you know, a few hundred uh, fishermen on the on the water, and then uh, like you say, snow fever. Fever. So people coming in for uh, for the uh, ice fishing, uh, if they're uh, listening to this podcast, they should bring their whole family and everybody because they can participate in the. Uh, in the snow fever and stuff like that in the family day uh, long weekend. So, so there we go. Kevin, have you ever done a tournament fishing with your family in the same tent as you? No, I have I not. I don't think there'll be many fishermen bringing their family. Well, they, <laughs> can, they, can, they don't have to be in the tent. Yeah. They can just be spending money in the community and the restaurant those, and shopping. Those people and are hardcore. Things, right? So they could avail themselves of our free transit system while their significant others are fishing. There we go. Okay. There we go. All right. I'm going to mention that to the fishermen, but I'm, I'm going to tell you that they're, they're hardcore. Oh, they have to stay home? Yeah. Just the family has to stay yeah. home? Yeah, I think there's... What happens in Cold Lake stays yeah, in Cold yeah. Lake. <laughs> Not going there. Yeah. <laughs> Although in saying that, I always did think it would be cool for somebody to get a food truck, go out in the ice and have hot chocolate and yeah. hot dogs and hamburgers and food. They might be able to do it this well, you've year. Got the ice you've got some entrepreneurs that might be interested in that, yeah. that actually put cabins out there and rent those out. That could be a neat little service, you know. Well, they, I, what they do is they do the fishermen phone from the ice and they meet uh, the pizza delivery people right at the marina or whoever. They they do phone ahead and usually they bomb in with their skidoos or whatever. But, um, you know, this year with the snow the way it is, there might be people out there driving, but the ice is, is kind of sketchy in places. So I don't know. Big mm. food truck. Yeah, it was just an idea. I'm all about the capitalism. Yeah. Day, so, yeah. and well, there'll the, be cash sales. Maybe I shouldn't say that too loud if the CRA is tapped in, but. Cash is king, food truck. Yeah. So. Well, the, uh, who's got that food truck? The poorhouse food truck there, that old milk truck that they used. Yeah, oh, It's right close to the marina too. Yeah, the, the poorhouse tries to uh, capture the ice fishermen uh, coming in and out, and so does uh, uh, Johnny Waffles. So uh, for, the, for those fishermen uh, listening, there's a couple of businesses right on the water there that they can uh, entertain. And then Picantes, if they want to do some fine dining later on the, in the evening there. And then you've got Clark's. I think they still do that thing where if you take your catch in and tell, let them know you're coming, they'll cook it for you. So Yeah, in this fishing tournament, you're not allowed to keep your fish. Oh, you sorry, measure yeah, them and sorry. you put them back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. <laughs> or you're supposed to. Yeah. No, they do. They, they do. do. Okay, okay. Uh, but w- talking about keeping fish and not keeping fish and the, the sizes, the fish regulations, uh, they're out there being uh, the public engagement. Just this last week, I think uh, the province had a bit of a workshop uh, for the public, but uh, they're still allowed to provide, uh, the community can provide feedback on the proposed options of the fish regulations. Now, I've always said, Your Worship, I cannot school you on fish, which is a pretty bad oh, joke. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah um, but uh, how's your take on the uh, the regulations and, and have you heard anything with regard to feedback yet? Well, I, I think there's a diverse opinion from the fishermen on what's best for Coal Lake. Even on the uh, forums that I follow, um, it's wide. But they, they're, you know, one thing, they're getting a tremendous uptick on people being engaged. And so kudos to the province for putting it out there. Uh, they, they formed up a working group of uh, various, uh, you know, the chamber was there, the city was there with their rep, and then some of the local fishing people that are fish the lake hard, and then some that just are, you know, interested in the outdoors. And, uh, so they, they, they've got these, uh, three options and, uh, and they're also throwing in bait into the questions, but there's a survey that people can fill out and still, 
still available to still fill available. Out. Yep. You and then eventually, what they'll do is they'll look at the results, the the the, the environment staff, and then eventually, whatever change they do want to go with has to then be dialogued with Saskatchewan. So you just can't introduce a change without going to Saskatchewan. So Saskatchewan Fisheries will look at it and say yes or no. But uh, certainly, it, you know, there's a, a theory of having a slot size. So what that would mean is that if a lake trout is, say, between 65 and 70 centimeters, instead of the current 75 centimeters right now, you could keep that fish. The concern that a lot of fishermen have is that the fish are really going to get harvested in that five centimeter category. And then over time, will there actually be any big fish? A know, gap. A ga- yeah. Through. So that is a, a major concern. Uh, and there's people that are concerned about the enforcement of a bait ban. Uh, for those that fish walleye and pike, uh, they use bait out on the lake. Mm-hmm. So if they have no bait for lake trout, what does that mean for pike and wa- for walleye? And how do you enforce that from the enforcement stand? So in the end, maybe that'll just uh, the best solution is just keep it the way it is. Um, but the lake trout fishing has been phenomenal in terms of size this year. A lot of big lake trout are coming out of the water. and But most of the people that I talk to are releasing them back into the water. Uh, Bob, do you get much feedback? Do you, I have never met a counselor that is so connected and, and uh, uh, at the pharmacy, everybody's going through the pharmacy, right? So, and they'll probably always given a two cents of, you know, their feedback. Have you heard anything on this subject there? Um, yeah, a little bit. I speak with uh, uh, Ken Wichapin and Jason Loudon, okay. the uh, Lakeland fishing guys. They're br- fishing and hunting, of course. And people come in the store. We, I have a different conversation with everybody 200 times a day. I just pick a topic. <laughs> okay, you're a fisherman. You want to talk about this? And it's, yeah, so the feedback is, yeah, people, they like seeing them come to Cold Lake. And they, they do kind of want to be able to keep one or two fish. Mm-hmm. So a little it's bit. Very important from a tourism perspective, right? Because if, you, if you're not allowed to keep anything, yeah. then why come? Is it just for that catch and release, right? So I remember that guy. This was probably, huh, it was before COVID. And he has a, he's an oil field guy, and he has a small charter business. And he's got a beautiful boat. And, and he was catching a couple hundred uh, trout. And none of them uh, were, you know, where the, his customers could keep them. And so he had clients from Germany. And their big dream was to have a shore lunch. Wow. And uh, he, he, you know, they, they didn't keep, keep any legal, there was no legal uh, trout for them. So he went into the bay, I think it was, and he caught a, a pike. And then uh, they, they kept it and had the shore lunch. But, uh, you know, it is tough for the guides. And it's also tough. Uh, there is people that like to eat fish. And so they'll be fishing, fishing, fishing on that lake. But if you, if you did catch a 65 centimeter, the idea then you could take it home. And now you're off the lake and less fish that are being handled. So we'll see. Why cook it? Yeah, you and your your eating raw fish. Yeah, I don't think you should be eating raw lake trout, Mr. Nagoya. <laughs> Kevin, for those that don't know, Kevin's big into sushi. <laughs> you you'd be funny with whirling disease. <laughs> whirling disease. Yeah. He just running around in circles through the council chamber. Yeah. <laughs> I'd pay money to see that. Oh dear. You do have to freeze them before you eat them, so that way it kills the bacteria and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. So one thing happened while we. we, we between uh, the podcasts, of course, is uh, the John Howard is now open up and, and operating. And uh, from what our early indications are, they've got, uh, had about 10 people maybe on average staying there a night. And so your thoughts on the John Howard? 
Yeah, I think it's great. They did a really good job getting their applications and getting everything ready. The city was a beautiful partner in getting everything done with them and for them. And uh, they're doing really good work as volunteers. And the food bank stepped forward with a huge donation. So this is what Cold Lake's all about is what needs to be done and how can we help do it. So totally impressed by the, uh, the crew at the John Howard Society and some new services. Let's hope they work out well. So, uh, yeah, time will tell. One of the things that they're providing there is, uh, you know, two or three meals a day. So the idea then is the the people that are, as Candace always say, the uh, living rough. Um, this way, they're not going to be going. You hope, anyways, into the restaurants and 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 begging for for food from uh, the different restaurants in town. Uh, they'll be fed right at uh, the John Howard. Yeah, I th- I think that's wonderful. They made some enhancements, and they've got the, they've got good staff. There's lots of uh, Portage College really feeds you with the uh, the volunteer the, social. Yeah, and the students. Uh, students that need to have their uh, a practicum, practicum or right and, uh, a piece of work experience associated to it. So that's a really good connection for them. You're right. Well, yeah, and to support Portage College, they have a gala coming up soon in uh, um, in Lacabish. Yeah, and who's the leaf guy that's coming up? I think it's Gilmore, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Doug Gilmore and uh, Kevin Lowe and a uh, big fundraiser. But they do a great service for kids that want to live in town, not have the costs of living in the city or parents and stuff with kids. The social work program, and plus all the other stuff they do is beautiful for the area. So yeah. I think the uh, um, briefing I most recently received, it sounds like there is between kind of that 8 and 10 uh, um, individuals that have been averaging staying a night. I haven't got a detailed briefing on that one yet. I'm just, I'm waiting for some detailed stats, but uh, that's what it sounds like uh, that's occurring. Now, that being said, that's the homeless side in terms of, um, you know, the social aspect and trying to find, uh, I, I get them to a place where they need to be. Um, but on the other side, on the enforcement side, as, uh, uh, you know, a brief council was, is that we have removed another couple of uh, um uh, homeless shelters that are out there of course uh, there was a lot of stuff there stolen you know that you know the you know the, the quad and other stuff right so there's a definitely for the community or for, for the city of cold lake is trying to balance you know the social aspect versus the enforcement aspect and that was part of what you know council's uh um, direction was to administration when we there's those various motions that were passed um in order to also provide that support to the community um and protections to the community yeah, no, it, it, those pictures that you sent were pretty impressive. I mean, they had plywood up against the trees, blocked from the wind. Yeah, somewhat uh, sophisticated maybe, right? Uh, more permanency to it to be able to shelter some of the weather that is being experienced. Um, you can tell that there's warming fires that are occurring inside. And uh, so, therefore, you know, balancing the fact that, you know, it just can, can't continue like this and also having a temporary shelter to be able to help with the, uh, the transition for these, uh, some of these individuals, right? Yeah. You know, and, and the idea, you know, is to work with them at John Howard and try to, you know, you know have a money to actually bring them back to where they came from if they're not from around here, uh, and also try to work with their addictions if they have an, a problem, is to work with them and try to get them professional help and then also work with them on, on just getting them uh, proper funding. Some of them are, don't even have a bank account. I don't even have an address. And so they really can't apply for social assistance without having a, an address. So mm-hmm. with John Howard being in a building, I'm sure what's going to happen is they're probably going to be using that as their address for now. And now they can get established if they're not already also on social assistance. So, you know, it's about helping hand. And, and uh, it's like it's uh, just like the MCC. It's something unique in a small community. But unfortunately, uh, as a big urban in our the region, 
they're coming here. I mean, we estimate about 50 people were living rough this summer with all the different camps. Yeah, I think uh, and uh, what uh, staff have been working with uh, John Howard and uh, part of our outreach uh, programming, uh, we kind of have a, a framework to kind of uh, kind of get down into the details as to why um, maybe why an individual is here in the community living rough or in a camp of um, what brings them here, what social supports are here for them that they're using versus social supports other ways. Like, are they from 300, 500 kilometers away? You know, maybe there's more supports from the community where they left and maybe we should help them get to that, that, that supports versus here and, uh, and understand that demographic a little bit so that way we can uh, kind of uh, peel the layers back and, and find solutions. Well, with the setup of the John Howard Society, the new building, there is room for offices and, yep. and ability to help someone sit down in a comfortable setting and get a, uh, a permanent address and then therefore a bank account. And uh, For the public to know, yeah, it's a great point, Bob, is that the, the outreach worker that the, the John Howard Society has is working out of the John uh, one of those offices that are in there. Um, there was a new door just added off their luncheon area, so that way there's a direct access and stuff. So it was great to see there. You can definitely see that the John Howard Society is making some modifications to get things to work, and it's it's good. And you're right, everything happened in a very short amount of time. It was quick. Yeah. So when you when you're in council, you know, if you look back, say at the beginning, who who'd have thought that we would be into some of the the areas we've gone to, right? So the MCC, the uh, the John Howard. Um, and so the, uh, there's, we're going to have an open house. We haven't had an open house, uh, in quite a while, but it's going to be February 8th at six o'clock start. Um, and the format, we've done different formats over the years, but I think the format on this one is, is, uh, going to be a small, um, sort of a slideshow, uh, talking points, but really the issues we want to hear from the residents and, and, you know, every question is, is open for whatever they want to ask us and we'll try our best to answer it. But uh, hopefully we can get some people out there. I know we have a lot of people that talk about the Animal Intake Center. And uh, this is where an opportunity for people that if they want to get on social media and, and say this and this and this, there's the opportunity for them to come forward and express their, their thoughts uh, to council. And, and then hopefully we get some people out, eh, Bob, for that one? Yeah, totally. Um, I think yeah, with what you're saying is that the learning curve was very steep at the start. Drinking out of a fire hose was the term I heard a few times. And but the the vision of the the mayor and council and the staff is it's it's amazing. Like when when term I I coined was uh, we punch above our weight class as a city. We we get stuff done, and uh, it's 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 very gratifying to see things come to fruition. And some things don't, but yeah. you know mo most of them do. And how we work together as a group and find solutions. So when people come out to talk with us, I think that that's great. They should come out. We should plan for about three hundred people, maybe, and uh, and answer questions. One of the things going back to the MCC very uh, quickly was. A lot of people misunderstood that it might be a, a private medical clinic, so we, you know, you you I'd, I'd tell them what's going on and or, or ask answer their questions in a respectful manner. So I think we'll have one or two slides to try to just you know this is what we're doing with the MCC and put people at ease and uh, whoever's going to be sitting on that uh, MCC board, um, you know, the the vision can be wide. I mean, it doesn't have to be just about uh, that 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 space there it's about the whole community and we have lack of psychiatry and, and other health professionals in our community I, and i just wanted to kind of elaborate uh, there is a 
we have open houses quite a bit and community engagement on all kinds of programs within the community, but not necessarily, I think what we're referring to is kind of a, a council led uh, open house it hasn't happened for a few years, but like recently was the annexation open house and there's lots of, you know, other uh, engagements. I think there was a transit open house. So there's, there's other, uh, uh, the pool aquatic center. Open house. Levies. Yeah. So there's always, right. Yeah. So there's always, there's a lot of community engagement that's happening. I think the next one that's coming up outside than the, uh, um, kind of the one that's coming up on February 8th, uh, there's also the one uh, uh, at council asked uh, the public to engage is the uh, the rainbow crosswalk uh, and the um, kind of the seven feathers uh, kind of crosswalk idea and uh, where do you want to put them in the community um, do we want them there and where where is the best locations to put this uh, to to give honor to those types of uh, attributes yeah and the, yeah. the idea I thought was maybe to have uh, some boards uh, at the open house on February 8th where people can and maybe look at where they think the best option is? Yeah, I'm hearing back from our communications team that uh, they're going to do kind of a map uh, with a uh, kind of a, a fiber board in it, and you can put pins in it to where people think is the best location, you know, for these types of attributes, similar to how they approach the um, kind of the wayfinding sign program and uh, and putting something together for public engagement in that regard, yeah. When, when th uh, people don't realize, like, a lot of... Uh, over the years, a lot of stuff is generated from community groups, uh, organizations, and so this is uh, one where it's generated from a community organization, the community, and requesting or considering, you know, having council consider these, uh, you know, a rainbow uh, crosswalk or some in, in indication, and same with the seven feathers. Uh, so we've had had these over the years. I mean, I look at the flags uh, flag uh, here in, in Coal Lake, and we've got uh, several new poles. Uh, and so we even got into a flag policy. So based yeah, on the new, yeah, you're right. The new flags at the city hall, uh, I think, uh, that one was a motion that was brought forth by uh, councillor Matthias, I think, if I wasn't mistaken, right? I'll take credit for take, it. I, I it has been a little while ago. It took a while for them to get, uh, once direction was given from city council. So it's just, I can't remember who actually raised that, but yeah. The team did. Yeah. The team yeah. did it and you guys got it done. Yeah, like we were pretty open over the years about just like somebody bringing something forward. And I mean, I go way back and uh, I look at the free walking track at the Energy Center. It was brought by uh, uh, two seniors who uh, were concerned about walking in the wintertime. And uh, that led to, uh, yeah, let's look at that for exercise, for health. And why not make it free and open to, uh, to anybody? And, you know, just little simple things that the community group uh, bring forward and uh, you entertain it. And that's what I think when, when you uh, allow the community to sort of shape the community, I think it's a big win for everybody. Yeah, there's the uh, flags at the football field, too. Yeah. yeah. I think there was an ask for that for quite some time. So that way, when they're singing Oh Canada and stuff like that, trying to find a solution to that. So that was good to see those go up as well. Yeah, I think don't just come yeah. to council when you're mad. Come yeah. and tell us what tell us what you want done, and and it's that's so fun to hear stuff like that. Like the Lions Club gets stuff done, the Chamber of Commerce, the uh, it's what's it called now? The not the Sports and Leisure Show anymore. They've changed it. Lifestyle, lifestyle, community lifestyle, lifestyle. community lifestyle. So it's something for everyone. We uh, we do we know the date of that. Uh... Usually in the beginning of April, isn't it? April 3rd to 5th, 3rd? I That's think it is. Something, yeah, early. Yeah, something the, in there. Yeah, came out yesterday. I so. remember last year that we had the big hockey tournament on that on that date. That's correct. That's yeah, right. So I recall that. Yeah. So yeah. now, it's usually first weekend yeah. of April is the big trade show. 
there's lots happening when you go to the energy center and you see like the cheer force jets and that huge stage with that backdrop and hockey and the arrows and the cold lake ice and kind of since the uh, pandemic it's really ramped up hey like i've really seen a difference of how many how much programming that's starting to occur and you know that's really positive for the community the hotels and the businesses hey to see all that activities happening in town the only downside I ever did here was at the arena when there's when they ran out of popcorn earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's an inside joke. Sorry. When the mayor bought it all, right? Yeah, that's where I was going with that. I just didn't want to like. <laughs> no, can't speak out of your. As soon boss. as I get to the 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 counter, they they know exactly what I'm ordering, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, they don't have any. I didn't realize that on, on the one day on a weekday, I was looking forward to going to the. Community grants uh, committee with a bag of popcorn, but they didn't. So do you have one of those big popcorn machines at home? No, or, no, no? but I, anywhere I go, I want to have a popcorn. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter where, but uh, the theater popcorn is, that is, that is decent popcorn. Mm. They did a great job at that theater. I, you know, I, I rarely go to the movie, but uh, they did an awesome job fixing that place up. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. The uh, chairs and everything. They, uh, again, community owned business. Uh, they're wonderful. I like the recliner chairs in there. Isn't that, that just, that rocks and you can, you can assign that seat. You can go online and say, I want seat 7A and B, just like getting on a flight, right? You can pick your seats before you go and, oh yeah. Let's talk about uh, a little bit of business with Bobby. I mean, you work over the mall and, uh. So big addition over there with the, the Wendy's. Yeah, Wendy's open up there. I, I see a lineup, four or five cars every day. There's a couple new big signs going up. The owner of the mall has got some signs, like just up, freshened up the one sign by the ATB and added another one to show people when they're driving by, like what's what's in the mall. And uh, yeah, he I talked to him the other day. People are kicking the tires a little bit on the, uh, um, he, he's very close to the vest. He doesn't say much until uh, he's got a sign seal deal. But yeah. He's a beautiful man. He's a very interesting he's cool. man. He's a cool so guy. To, I don't, we maybe better not say his name, but uh, I don't know if we should, but uh, the owner of the Tri-City Mall, um, great, great individual. And like well, you say, uh, really gets In that mall. unit, there's the, uh, the the five new retail outlet units, which one is, of course, Wendy's, which is now announced and opened. But uh, there is a couple of them that are now, the walls are going in and uh, they'll announce publicly once uh, they're ready to what's going in there. Once they're signed. And, yeah. and for those that don't know the Tri-City Mall was uh, the inner portion, 1997. So at, at one time it was a huge retail hub and then has had some tough times, but safe place to go at Halloween for, for stuff that's going on for your kids. Nice and warm. The the owners of the mall keep it in good repair. And um, it's it's a good tax base for the city. Oh, yeah. And, and it's interesting about that land is not all of it is owned by that company. Right. And some of them are individual uh, lots that are still vacant land. So. And people have uh, always asked me, I said, no, the owner of the mall doesn't actually own all of that empty space. And so yeah. that's always a question asked about, yeah. especially on the, I guess it would be what, the south end of the mall? South end, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Always get yeah. people in about the, the, the laneway to, to uh, Shoppers Drug Mart. Yeah, even, uh, yes, there's, yeah, the kind of the back road that's not supposed to be a back road that's in there. But uh, uh, people do use it. And then they phone the city and complain that something needs to be done with it, but it kind of, it's a road that, not owned by the city and it's kind of an internal network of some sort uh, that's that used to have some barricades but that, even uh, north of the uh uh starbucks there there's a piece there that's a different company too that uh, owns that piece so yeah i think that's a canadian tire yeah. piece of yeah. dirt so we always say who owns the dirt so yeah yeah, yeah. it's an interesting little piece of, but people get mixed up and they don't un- they don't know that some of that land is privately held 
not necessarily by the, the mall owner, right? Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he really trying hard. We he, we've met with him many many times here in the city, and uh, you know, he's starting to uh, out, uh, doesn't have many vacant space that he actually owns left. He only got a couple of spots. Yeah, no, things are, there. there's always things on the go. And one of the issues in Cold Lake to get people to come and open stores is a labor shortage. Like, it's hard to get workers again. Uh, that's that's an issue with a lot of people wanting you know, to come you up. You raise a good point, because uh, a lot of the businesses are looking for workers to help. And, and there's this immigration piece in order to have kind of uh, foreign individuals come in and help. And a lot of your businesses are approaching the city in terms of solutions. The city of Cold Lake is submitting for that, uh, uh, the kind of the rural economic stream um, and uh, for immigration assistance for the businesses. So um, we're anticipating an application going in by the end of the month. Uh, you, ha- you have several businesses that's connected with the city right now, helping us put that together along with the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, hopefully we can get that settled here in the next uh, couple of weeks and get that submitted to provide some support for, uh, for immigrations and being able to have temporary foreign workers come to the community to help. Yeah, that's a that's a big item. Made a huge difference the first time around when we saw our first wave of foreign workers yeah. to the restaurants and stuff. We'd be cooking our own hamburgers if it wasn't for the first yeah. wave of people. And now they live here, they're permanent residents or or uh, or Canadians, yeah. and we see things like the PBL, the Filipino Baseball uh, Basketball League, huge uptake, and they're just such a vibrancy added to our community that right. uh, it's just amazing to see. All Canadians were Filipino. We would have a very quiet and gentle, you know. I wouldn't be allowed to play there anyways because you have to be shorter than five feet, I think. What is that about? Uh, five feet, six, uh, six feet. They have a rule there. There's a rule of only allowed height, to have one, so many restrictions. Tall. Yeah, there is a, there's a height thing there. I, I'd be okay. Yeah. You'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're like five, nine. Maybe not, maybe not with thick restrictions. No, just is, is there a weight limit? Is there a weight limit? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> the basketball is amazing. They, they play a, a lot of tournaments and, and basketball players come from all over uh, Alberta. Uh, for their for their tournaments, they're a lot of fun, uh, and and you know they're buying houses and they're you know film uh, mm-hmm. their families are growing here. I mean, at the Assumption Grad, a lot of Filipino uh, grads now that you know it's great to see. Uh, the uh, in terms of um, the one that uh, we just passed the press release on the medical uh, travel grant, which is to help people low income people um, a little bit of a grant money. Uh, they fill out the form out at FCSS, but uh, about one hundred fifty dollars uh, to go towards that. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, I think right now the radius restriction is anything beyond that one hundred and fifty uh, kilometers. So that kind of you know, if you have to go to Lloyd or if you have to go to uh, Edmonton and uh, and get that and get some support, but you need some financial support to get there. Um, yeah, definitely. FCSS is facilitating that application, and uh, so definitely use it. It's a new program that was uh, approved by City Council, and uh, administration just launched it within the last week. So, do we got any uh, uh, com- comedian uh, uh, comedy shows coming up there? No, a bit of a dry spell going on, but that's not unusual after Christmas. So I had a good Christmas uprun season. Arts for Healthcare is coming up. I do a lot of MC stuff too. It's kind of fun. So for people who don't know, you do a, you do a lot of comedy. Yes, yeah, I do. I have a stand-up routine that I do on the side. It's mostly just for a free supper and a bar tab. Yeah. So are you using uh, council stories in your in your uh, in your Dialogue? No, it's best no? not to. But yeah, really? just the freedom of information. But you take some good shots uh, at, at some of us here. Not yet. Oh, but you I'm can. just not quite secure oh, enough yeah. in my position and oh, yeah. as a counselor. I don't so. think you have anything to worry about. No, I'm good. There's yeah, no, I, I'm good. 
That's great. Now you have uh, uh, this year. You have to, or there's uh, Hugelsheim is uh, uh, the city of Cold Lake sister city partnership uh, community. Um, the two communities have a pretty big, uh, a long history um, because of the base and uh, the military, the Air Force. And uh, there's going to be an upcoming function uh, that's being hosted by uh, Hugelsheim, Germany. Yeah, Spargelfest uh, in the middle of June. And uh, so we've, you know, gone every couple of years except for COVID. Um, but, um, you know, it's something that uh, Mayor Coates told me to, when, I, when I became mayor is to try to, you know, continue that relationship between uh, Hugie and the city of Lake. And so I, I think the trip coming up will be my fourth time uh, going there. It's a lot of fun. It's a big uh, spargle fest, uh, the asparagus, uh, white, white asparagus season uh, over there. And it's a big fundraiser for all of their different community groups. So can you imagine in Coal Lake, you would have all your different, uh, you know, sports organizations all hosting a beer tent and food tent and uh, an oompa pop All the way down Main Street? All the way down Main Street. And, uh, oh, like you know, they, I'm, I think the number, uh, last trip was around 20,000 people were there on that Saturday. And, uh, uh, you know, so it's a big, big deal to them. Uh, they do a big, nice ceremony in, in the morning on Saturday morning. And then you just go around and it's, it's, it's quite amazing. So many people, and they know that you're there from Canada. Uh, they, they always tell you stories about, uh, when the Canadians were there at Baden-Baden, um, on the base there. Um, and then just Hugelsheim was just down the street from where the, the Canadians had their Air Force base. And uh, that was where people met their wife. And uh, and it's, there's so many great stories. You're thinking about going, right, Bob? Yes, yeah. And I, I'd be happy to go and uh, excited to go and, and yeah. see. It's a, it's a two, well, they have a Friday night event uh, that's kind of just for the guests and, and supporters and whatever. But really, it's a Saturday, Sunday uh, show. You get up early in the morning and you and you go and entertain and visit yeah. people all night long, and then Sunday. And you're thinking about going, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm on the list. You're on yeah. the list. I'm on the list. But it's a good trip. I mean, uh, for those that have never been, uh, there's a lot of history between uh, the Canadians and the Germans uh, there in in Hugie. Yeah, it's amazing how many locals uh, uh, recall that relationship even more directly that you they used to be posted in uh, in Germany and in, in Hugosheim von Baden. And uh, they live in th- in this community, and they're re- they're always really excited to see that uh, when there's a something kind of that kind of extension of uh, of the community going there, or even vice versa when they're coming here as well. So, yeah. I do remember a big fish fry that was held at the uh, at the marina yeah. when they were first here. That might be ten years ago oh, now. It's longer than that. Yeah, <laughs> but a lot of the people that live in this area are very close yeah. to us here, like uh, Mayor Co- or former Mayor Coates mm-hmm. and a bunch of the people in the that. That subdivision. That's yeah, I think fine. you're talk- thinking about about 2006 or so that there was a big contingent that came over from Germany, and uh, yeah, I mean they have an Italian sister city also that also will be there, uh, and then they're kind of cool. They they their specialty is uh, olive oil, and uh, and they have a, their own booth there, and they're giving everybody nice bread and olive oil. But uh, they 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 they're from a community that's something like 70 years before Christ is where their community's from. I mean. And we just cannot compete with that kind of uh, history. history. Holy smokes! And uh, and so it, it's uh, it's neat. And they, so what happens there is um, about a busload of Germans will go over to that Italian city, and then the Italians will come over for Spargelfest. So the uh, the Italian sister city has their Olive Festival in November, and then so I've, that's always been on my bucket list to go there because that would be pretty cool. You actually like old caves 
is where they all hung out way back when. Is all part of the community. It sounds really exciting, and I know our sign in front of the uh, the uh, city hall here has uh, "Sister City" with Hugo Schlein, and and people say Hugie, like that's yeah. easier to say, and uh, yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm looking. Last trip we were had we had the Grau's, and they could speak German, and and uh, wow, what a difference! Um, Valerie uh, did an amazing job as an interpreter, and uh, uh, they were it was awesome having them on the trip. It made it a lot easier. Uh, we'll just have to sort of uh, wing it. This wing time. it this time. <laughs> So one of the one of our thoughts was is uh, you know our last visit to uh, Hugo Schein was you know they 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 mentioned the Canadians so much but what you don't see there is a Canadian uh, presence in terms of you know being identity there's lots of Canadians that are that are going back there you know about hundred to two hundred people there is what we estimated were Canadians walking around but uh, you know you could wear a Canada shirt and people come up here for sure you could do that but we thought. You know, why not bring a little bit of Coal Lake Canada to Tihu Shime for Spargle Fest? So we've been uh, talking to a couple of suppliers, and so we're working with uh, Coal Lake Brewery to uh, to have a brewer, to, uh, one or two of their brew, to go over to uh, Hugo Shime and uh, form a partnership with one of the tents that's there. And, uh, like, it could be the gymnastics tent or whatever. And then they could serve, because um, it won't take long to finish uh, the different kegs. I think we're thinking about sending about five or six kegs over, and uh, you could have Canadian hour, and so people could uh, drink uh, the Canadian beer and also have a bag of uh, Hamel jerky. So uh, I think we're, you know, that's in the midst of uh, happening, and we've got to just put the pieces together. Yeah, yeah. It takes quite a bit uh, uh, if uh, the anybody's uh, knows about the uh, exporting and importing business, uh, especially when it deals with uh, kind of food and beverage. It's a bit, it's quite restrictive and there's certain policies and procedures each country has that you definitely have to follow and you, you, you need to make sure uh, it can get it into the country. So uh, a lot of uh, inspections and stuff like that. So, yeah. Is there Canadian popcorn? No, I don't know about that. But we thought about beaver tails. So when we, we thought, well, wouldn't that be neat to bring over a, uh, 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 Canadian beer sales, <laughs> but you know, you, could, you know that we had a lot of big visions back then about uh, what we could do. But beaver tails, are you talking about those cinnamon? Yeah. yeah that, well, you just need to phone Val Grau. She does. She makes a killer beaver tail. Remember, she was making all that Canusa Canusa Ridge that yeah. one year. Oh, amazing! But if shout we can't, yeah. shout out to Val. Here. We need her yeah. to come back here. We might have to bring her with, with us. Subcontractor. There we go. That's right. <laughs> or cheesies Canadians. Cheese, uniquely Canadian cheesies. It's, cheesies are Canadian? Yeah, only in Canada. Wow. Yeah. I did not know Belleville, that. Ontario. Only, look at you. Yeah. The uh, the big shout, or short shout out to the uh, museum on the uh, top of the hill over Christmas. Their kit shop had these really unique Christmas ornaments. One was a bag of cheesies. One was uh, uh, chips, ketchup chips. And I bought a Mr. Dress Up TV uh, really? ornament. Oh, so cool. That was like the highlight of our Christmas. I well, think. that is uh, that gift shop is a hidden jewel. Remarkable. I mean, not too many people know that that, that store has a lot of stuff. Yeah, reasonably priced, well done. And the museum itself is, is yeah. beautiful to yeah, see. It's a great tour. I mean, they'll open up again in the springtime. So on a, on a totally separate Uh-oh. note, um, council the other night, 
Oh, here we go. We're talking business now. Yeah, sorry. We, not beer and Hamels. <laughs> as long as it's capitalism, I'm okay capitalism. with that. Capitalism. Well, no, not quite capitalism, but yet we got some money, right? The, the federal government. Capitalism. Oh, yeah. Federal government, federal government right? Council passed a motion to agree to, uh, with uh, her, His Majesty the King uh, um, in terms of fisheries and oceans that they're going to give uh, half a million dollars to the city in order to uh, and execute a document to do some transitions and uh, and do some further improvements to the uh, to the marina. So that's a good news, positive news story. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah. And there were good people to work for uh, on that land acquisition or the marine acquisition. Uh, everybody did their due diligence, but uh, the marina is a, a you know an important part of our community. And I think uh, council has signaled for administration the number one priority was to do some dredging in there. So I think they're um, allocated. Hopefully, if the ice can come off quickly, which it should this year, if it's not that thick, um, yeah, maybe. Hopefully, um, that we've got maybe a. a, a 12 to 14 day window before that kind of that May long weekend to, uh, to do some dredging in there. Yeah. So well, the people, you know, mm. we, when we bought the dredge or, you know, th that was, uh, what do you call that? The barge, the, the barge. barge. Yeah. The barge was, you know, purchased, sold for the intent of maybe putting a hoe or something on the back of that to help dredge the marina. But I, you know, I think, uh, when are you going to set up the list for people to, uh, to say what they've dropped in the marina? Like you're probably going to find at least 20 dozen phones i'm sure and other other stuff so one of them's yours uh i'm sure there's a phone down there at least there's probably a fishing rod or two down there i'm thinking <laughs> some ray-bans you know talking about uh the water i mean we we lost a a really important person in coal lake uh red red, red passed away famous uh diver and uh you know unfortunately uh missed the the the, the funeral for him but uh, what a what a gem of a guy in our community. And he was big, very big passionate loss. about everything in that water, that marina. Yeah. So yeah. There, are we thinking about maybe the the barge? What what oh, are we what oh, are we doing? Are you oh, guys going to oh, hold, hold, hold that a secret? But you know, I think red deserves a lot of uh, recognition somehow. I mean, uh, for those that have hung out the marina over the years, I mean, he would show you his book of photos of uh, what he found on the water. His stories were just incredible. And, uh, what, and what we was most proud of was down at the bottom. Is like, what, what can you find at the bottom of Coal Lake? That's cool. Yeah. They have a picture of a toilet, right? Yeah. And then there was a fish. They had a picture of the toilet with a fish in the toilet. That was the Dive Society. And the stuff that, yeah, those pictures were amazing. So Yeah, I talked to a gentleman that uh, is, is, is uh, the family is given permission to hold some of that, that treasure. But there's a, I mean, he mapped the lake. He did everything. And uh and he was always open to tell people, you know, uh, willing to take people out. And, of course, a lot of people don't realize what Coal Lake is a, a place where a lot of people get certified on uh, certain depths. That's right. That's so, right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, th I don't know how much they use the barge uh, for, for that, but uh, you know, we, we've got a, a right up in front of the water treatment plant. There's a little course out there, and, and people can uh, can dive down there. Well, our priority for that barge right now is just to get it quieted it down a little bit yeah. for this summer. So. Uh, just, you know, we do, we've done some things and it helps, but then, and you know, the wave action is really interesting for the public to, to know that, uh, between ocean wave action versus lake wave action, the harmonics are much more tighter on cold lake. So these barges won't make that much noise on an, on a, on an ocean, but the, uh, the harmonics and the wave action of a small lake is, is so much tighter. So it's bang, bang, bang. And they're there. It's actually hard on them. So we got to find some things to be able to quiet. Well, lake them has, down. A sh uh, has a has uh, a short choppy wave. Yeah, it's very short. It's a different harmonic, and uh, you know, 
of course, uh, we call ourselves kind of the, the rednecks of, you know, ocean stuff here. So we're, got, we're kind of learning as we go and uh, in order to uh, try to get this thing to work. And uh, But I don't know, overall, the resident uh, people that uh, had the barge this last summer loved it. There's kids that were out there. Uh, towards the end, uh, I, I think the seagulls were loving it too. So we've got to find some solutions to that as well. Yeah, another unique thing about Coal Lake, right? A barge. Yeah. Any other things before we, we sign off there, Bob? I think I'm good. I'm, uh, I've said all I, I can say for a change. Now you're going to save it up for the next, till the next show. Next meeting, yeah. We have a lot of activities in uh, February, March uh, happening in Coal Lake. Uh, I don't know when the uh, Ag Society is kicking off the Bullaramas, but uh, that'll be the usually the month of March is when Bullaramas come in. And that'll be a lot of fun, a lot of hockey still. Well, this summer, I think Mudfest is still going ahead. And then uh, what is the other one that's over on uh, on um, Baywood Road? Oh, Summer Rush. Summer, Summer Rush. Rush, yeah. Summer Rush, I think, is booked now. I think it's on our community. So third week in uh, yeah. August or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so shout out to the, the residents to uh, um, get connected with that date because uh, that should be a great show too. Yeah, they massaged their date a little bit yeah. and very eclectic and very cool and, you know, just a different vibe, totally different yeah. vibe. And again, another unique thing about Cold Lake, right? Yeah, yeah. We definitely want to, you know, get that out there. So cause, it sounds uh, like uh, possibly the city's going to be announcing a, a special show. And you know, I think it was in March or April, uh, the city might be putting oh, something that's right. on I think in we'll uh, find the somebody. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll yeah. be good. I mean, uh, I think it's about getting back into the routine. Uh, we have heard that, or we've seen some of the uh, concert op options that have come up and uh, it's going to be a lot more expensive to, to bring in a band now with uh, the different uh, inflation and everything. Yeah, it is. Well, and, and also when it, a lot of these bands also go on the U.S. Uh, dollar, so it, you know, that conversion rate also kind of hurts. You got to just watch for that. Um, that being said, the, the things that the city of Cold Lake is looking at in order to curb, uh, you know, rental costs and stuff like that is it, low hanging fruits of, because production costs quite a bit, costs quite a bit of money too. And is there things that we can buy in order to curb, um, some of those production costs? Some of the production is, is more than some of the bands That's in right. some cases. So in order to curb that, you, you want to kind of maybe bring that, you know, maybe have some of those assets and then you, those people that are, you know, your production assistants that install them don't have to, you don't have to rent the whole slot, right? It's just more unique stuff that you that you rent. Yeah. Yeah, they've done a good job, like Glenn Barnes and his yeah. uh, his people have done a really nice job doing that. So it's amazing. You don't have to have the stones here. It'd be cool to have them, but if you can get a... The just rolling a, stones. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, we do have a lot of marijuana shops in Coal Lake, so people, yeah, people sorry, may yeah. think good, you're talking about getting stoned <laughs> in Coal Lake, Bob. Not, uh, we, we have... Uh, if Somebody asked me, like, why do we have so many liquor stores and, and, and marijuana stores in Coal Lake. And I said, well, as you being a business person, that person is taking the risk to invest all that capital and, and get in that business. I mean, I'm, this was about an argument about why don't we regulate the amount of those type of stores we have in our community. And I said, well, we don't regulate any type of business in, in our city, right? Right. No, and I, I sort of understood that before. Like people said, why do you let the big box guys come in? Because they can and they will. They'll employ people. And the zoning requirements is we don't get into, you. well, you can come, but you can't come. So Yeah, well, I mean, look at way back when, when Walmart came dancing in here. You had to play with Walmart. I mean, one of the biggest expenditures back in the day the city had to do was 43rd Avenue, all the improvements on, on the drainage yeah, uh, for yeah, Walmart. Yeah, it was all put in there, but... Uh, kind of the receiving stuff as uh, infrastructure wasn't there. 
but in order to make things happen, sometimes uh, a community has to do things, right? So, and it's the best interest for the community. So um, it's done and you have to do some other improvements later. Yep. That was really the yeah. only outdoor pool that Coal Lake had was on a big rain event was the Walmart uh, parking lot. Almost as big as Rat Lake, right? Rat Lake. Now that is, that is huge. Rat Lake is, uh, again, for those that are looking for property, uh, maybe Rat Lake is the area to go to move to. It's it could be the next big thing too. I was after that. I did a quick look, and yeah, there's oceanfront property or lakefront property. There used to be fish there. Like seriously, right now I think there might be less water, but a lot more muskrats. Maybe yes, that's the, where the name Rath is from, muskrat. All right. On that note, we'll call it a we'll call it a show. Thanks, Bob. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>